What is up, y'all? Welcome back to the Triple H Podcast. Happy Hour Hoops, your one-stop shop for enjoying a cold beverage and listening to our ice-cold basketball takes. Got you covered on everything NBA all the time. Today, we have an interesting episode. We have some news and notes to go over, a couple injury updates, a couple signing slash rotation updates. For a few different teams here, we're going to be talking about our power, mine and Jake's power rankings that um, an article an article will be debuting tomorrow, and we talk about some of our top teams that will be on that power rankings list. Then we get into some matchups for Tuesday night here, November 29th. We have Knicks and Nets and then Warrior Suns. We're going to be talking about a few of those teams anyway, so... Yeah, let's get right into it. Jake, how we doing? Ready to talk basketball tonight, I assume. (laughs) I assume. (laughs) As if we didn't we haven't been talking all day about talking about basketball. Duddy's like, Jake, I I assume you're ready to go. Probably, hopefully. Uh, yeah, yeah. I think I think we're ready to go here. So let's let's come in. We've got a, a huge night tonight. Um, everybody tuning along live. Thank you for joining. Big games tonight. A huge Eastern Conference affair in New York, the Battle of New York in Brooklyn, um, and it, all sorts of interesting stuff going on with the Nets and just the East in general. And then Warrior Suns later tonight. For, oh my God, I'm staying up past my bedtime for this one, Donnie. I'm gonna I'm gonna regret it tomorrow. But this is the one. The Warriors games are usually you gotta are must watch. Stay up, try to do whatever you can. But especially tonight, Suns winning yeah. 16 straight gonna be a good one but let's let's start out there's been some some chaos not some chaos but some craziness around the league injury wise um move player movement potentially wise so let's get into it yeah so starting off uh in orlando here the magic's rookie jalen suggs bit of a disappointing start to his rookie campaign he's now going to be out several weeks with a fractured thumb shams reported that first last night i believe um so yeah i mean it sucks for a rookie who you know had the highest of hopes figured he was going into a situation where he would get a lot of run a lot of opportunity people thought you know jalen suggs may make this magic team his own and kind of be the primary guy there hasn't really worked out that way so far and now uh the fractured some thumb so yeah that's just big bummer for orlando who Already is one of those teams that is way down on our power rankings list. So not <laughs> yeah. not the best start to the season for Orlando. That's a that's not a spoiler. I think you all, if you want following the NBA or you just want to go look at the standings, Orlando's not going to be high um, on anybody's power rankings list right now. Right. But yeah, tough tough for Suggs to go out. Um, more opportunity for for Cole Anthony though. Cole Anthony's mm-hmm. been playing really well. Um, so it's interesting to see what he does with you know, kind of the full load offensively and see what, see what they can kind of do going from there. Um, let's get into some more news and notes here, more injury news starting off the podcast um, with the big injuries around the league. Cause this is a huge one. Michael Porter jr. Out for the season um, mm-hmm. out indefinitely, I think is what we really, what we saw from the report yesterday. Um, he had back surgery. He's had a back issues since even before the draft, it was part of the reason he slipped to where he did to Denver. Yep. Um, and so another surgery addressing that issue. 
not something you want to see from a shout out our boy meerkat i'm sure this was not great news for him um seeing it today and all nuggets fans no one wants to see that from from a guy who has just signed a huge extension they obviously thought he was going to be a huge part of this team's playoff run without jamal murray so prayers up to michael porter jr hopefully that's a speedy as speedy of a recovery as it possibly can and he's back on the court next season yeah, real real tough break for the Nuggets there, especially when they just get the Joker back in the lineup. Then they get this news uh, almost, late, almost like right at the same time. Um, but, yeah, so tough. And, yeah, I, I was going to mention exactly what you said. This was a deal with MPJ before he was mm-hmm. even league-bound. I mean, like you said, he dropped in the draft because of this. And a back, especially for, you know, an athlete who plays a contact sport, is really nothing to mess with. Um, back injuries have for sure hobbled some of the greats. I mean, w- dating way back to guys like Kareem Abdul-Jabbar, Larry Bird. I mean, those guys struggled with back problems their whole career. Yeah. Um, those guys actually were able to play lengthy careers with the back issues, so they're kind of an exception, but usually not a great injury for a basketball player so you know we wish him the best hopefully he comes back soon and the nuggets i'm sure are thinking the same thing because what you just mentioned they did put invest a lot of money into mpj to be the third star on this team um and i don't have it here in the notes but it's something we will touch on when we get to the nets joe harris also out uh several weeks as well for the nets but like i said we'll get to that um and then this is a rotational thing, not an injury, but, you know, might as well be. It sounds like Kemba Walker is finding him on the outside of the Knicks rotation. Coach Tom Thibodeau of the Knicks said that Alex Burks will take his minutes there. Um, Kemba has not been playing well, to put it lightly. And, you know, Thibodeau, Tibbs isn't messing around. He's not a coach who does. He doesn't beat around the bush. He doesn't you know, favorite guys because they're a good teammate Um, because Kemba's obviously beloved usually wherever he goes. But, I mean, if you're not playing right on a Coach Tibbs team, you're going to see yourself out of the rotation, and that's what we have here with Kemba Walker. Kind of shocking. Yeah, I mean, especially with how much excitement New York fans, everybody was just excited to see Kemba back in MSG. But Tibbs loves Mm -hmm. his defensive guys, and we knew that that Kemba was going to be limited defensively. I think that has – (laughs) <laughs> he really is and that that's i mean if he's not a, a plus defender he's got to be an outstanding scorer and he just is not that has not been that all year is not maybe not that anymore in that, that role and there's a lot of good guards that could get some burn on the knicks i mean i quickly is only getting 19 minutes a game right now you should see that number skyrocket along with burks's numbers filling in behind there um, but I think quickly is going to be the biggest beneficiary of this of, by, by the year's end. He's the best full guard they have. What about the potential of John Wall to New York as a, I saw that the Rockets are looking to get him back involved on the court and everything. Um, and saw some, some rumblings today of Kemba of a Kemba John Wall swap of some sorts. I don't know how the salaries work out. John Wall's obviously making a ton more money. I think that the, Knicks have some cap space. But I don't know if they'd want to take that on right now or not. Um, so just quick thoughts on how you think that fit would be. I mean, just looking from the outside in, you and you know, contract and all that stuff aside, which is hard to put aside, but 
I mean, I think if you ask me, that's almost like a perfect fit for New York and yeah. for John Wall. I mean, Wall has kind of expressed that I think he wants to play, just obviously not an ideal situation in Houston. Um, really hard to tell what's going on there, you know, other than just everything we hear from the team, of course. I'm sure there's other things that we don't know what's going on. But John Wall, look, I th- not what he used to be, obviously. I don't think anyone thinks that. But, mm. I mean, this is a dude who's been a tough player since he entered the league, you know, since this guy was dug in before games in the old school <laughs> looking Wizards uniforms. Um and yeah, I mean, he's just been a tough player his entire career. I'm sure he would thrive under a coach like Tibbs. He kind of has that New York basketball attitude to him already. And like, yeah, he can he can be a much better defender than Kemba Walker is giving them now. I mean, you know, size is one thing, but he's also, you know, a defender or a player who's been a good defender throughout his career. He gets out in passing lanes. He can get steals. Yeah. Um, and I, th- I still think he has something left in the tank offensively. And he's a pretty good playmaker. So they don't really need the scoring burst that Kemba could give them, but he gives up the defense, like we mentioned. So they don't, really don't want a player like that. I, I could see John Wall in New York. You know, it just makes sense. I could see him in a Knicks jersey. I think that would feel right. It it does does feel right. I'm interested to see if something like that can develop because I think he'd have a huge impact, I think, on it, especially defensively. He still can can play some of the best on-ball defense in the league, I think, from the point guard position with his speed and athleticism and size at the position. Um, So it'd be fun. Um, Last news and notes thing we have here, Boogie Cousins. He's back. He's in Milwaukee. Yes. Boogie's just an official ring chaser now, isn't he? He's been on the yeah. Lakers, he's been on the Clippers, he's been on the Warriors, and now he's on the Bucks. I mean, talk about the last three years of title favorites. Those are those are probably the top four at the highest odds the whole time around. It's going to um, the Nets think, soon. Nets are next. Nets are next. <laughs> yeah. I think that's up next. Um, any is this anything? Do you think he's going to get a much playing time? Do you think it's just a good faith move by Milwaukee try to get a vet on the roster? And keep it rolling. I feel like it's it's more beneficial to Boogie than it is for Milwaukee. Yeah, I, I think that as well. It's also I think when it was first reported by Shams, he used the term non guaranteed deal. So yeah. I don't really know that. It sounds like you know they just kind of give him a go, and if they want to get rid of him, they can, um, and just do that at their you know at their own discretion. But um, I th- I think, and this is something we talked about before we hopped on here, but I think this falls into the Brooke Lopez injury because they haven't had him since the season opener. Um, Coach Bud has been really hush about the Lopez injury. Lopez himself uh, has, has said that he is nearing a comeback soon, but then gives no timetable to what soon is. So, yeah, I mean, this might be a precautionary move. Maybe Lopez is out longer than people think, and they need, you know, a big to fill in on this roster. And Boogie hasn't been great when we've seen him recently, but he also yeah. hasn't been bad. And it's clear that, I mean, this is a guy who it, it doesn't really matter if he loses a step or loses some of his athleticism. I mean, we saw from when Boogie came into the league that he is one of the more talented bigs that you will see on the hardwood. Yeah. I mean, he's a legit seven-footer. He can shoot from the outside. I mean, he has good fundamentals. He can block shots. And, you know, talk about a guy like John Wall with toughness. Boogie Cousins has brought that since his rookie year as well. So, you know, 
probably not going to be much as far as moving the needle for the Milwaukee Bucks, but he could be a usable piece, especially if we see Lopez out for a long time here. Yeah, I agree. I think that that hopefully Brooke Lopez comes back, is healthy and is effective. But that'll be if he isn't, that's will maximize the role. And we'll see what Boogie's got left. I'm sure he's still got a little something left in the tank mm-hmm. to give us all. Um, so without further ado, let's get into it. We've got two, we've got two huge games tonight. The Knicks travel the long trek over to Brooklyn, New York and play subway the ride. Mets in Barclays. Yeah, long subway ride. It's probably quicker on the subway than it is like taking the team bus or whatever. Like I want to I really want to know the I want to know the logistics of Knicks players going to <laughs> Nets away games. Like are they just driving themselves? Probably they're just like, you know what, guys, we don't need to get together. Just just meet us at like who knows? Everyone um, brings their got, own car. <laughs> yeah, exactly. I'm sure there's spot there's gotta be spot. Yeah, I don't know. Maybe there isn't. That would probably be miserable, honestly, if you had to drive. But yeah, uh, all aside to an away arena. To, yeah, no. Um <laughs> so our power ranking and uh, the other game tonight, the Warriors and the Suns, biggest game of the year so far. The two top yes. teams in the West, two teams with the best record by far in the NBA. Warriors sitting at 18 and two, sitting pretty there atop the league. And right one game behind them are the Suns, who are riding a 16 game winning streak. They started the season one and three and have not lost since. Um, so we figured this is perfect timing. We are where we were already working on our on our initial power rankings, December power mm-hmm. rankings coming out tomorrow. And our top three teams are the Warriors, Suns, and Nets. Obviously, they've been the three best teams in the league. The Nets have been up there. That was no surprise that they'd be up there. But the Warriors, and the Warriors especially at the top of the league, I mean, I think we thought they were going to be good, but to be look like this right now, no one thought. So those are the teams, and we figured this would be a good spot. I mean, it's a perfect night, perfect storm. Talk about mm-hmm. the top of the league and see where we're at with these teams. So these teams are at the top of our rankings, and we'll get into them in a, in a minute. But Donnie, behind them, we're not going to give away who's right behind them. We've got to we've got to leave some some ambiguity here with our with our power rankings. But knowing that these, I think we and me and you were for full disclosure on how we did these. It's me, it's you and I put it together, and it's the average of it. We but our top three was the same right across the board. We had full faith yeah. that these three teams are the top teams in the league. So knowing that, before we get into these teams specifically and the big matchups tonight. What are some of the teams that you trust the most right behind them? So if you had, if you could pick these three teams or the field and you could, and whatever else, who would be the teams that you were kind of hoping pulled it out for you from the field? Ooh. I mean, hoping and who I think has a chance could be different because I'm hoping, <laughs> hoping it would be my Boston Celtics as one of those teams. Fair, but fair. <laughs> I mean, as far as like what we've seen so far, and uh, I mean, there's I think there's some recency bias, but also like teams that you know just have a good roster right now and then have some proven history semi recently, some new look teams, but I think off rip and especially in the Eastern Conference, you have teams like Miami. And Chicago, who a lot of new faces on those yeah. rosters, but have really made a splash um, this in this young season. And both, you know, have been a little banged up and still kind of being able to get it done is impressive. 
especially I, I, I don't think we see new faces, especially like stars coming to new teams work out as, as well as the Miami Heat and Chicago Bulls have so far. Um, Chicago a little different than Miami because Lowry really the only big new face going to Miami. But in Chicago, I mean, you had DeRozan, Vooch at the end of last year, and then obviously Lonzo Ball as well. And um, those two teams have really impressed me so far. Both the bench is what scares me. But, you know, we're at a, po- a point in the season where it hasn't really mattered too much. Obviously, that's something that matters a lot more in playoffs when you have your rotation down and you, you know, you can pick out the guys from your bench who will be able to help in big moments. Very true. And then, you know, Utah, we know how we feel. <laughs> Utah. We kind of have to wait to the playoffs uh, to get, to get a real grasp. We're not, we're not, giving, like we're not giving Utah anything, nothing. And then, um, you gotta go. You gotta go with the former champs, not in our top three here, but the Milwaukee Bucks. You know, you gotta give some respect to them as well. So you, I want you to only pick one of those teams. Then who would you pick out of those four? Because I think that that's like, I think the team. Honestly, Chicago is probably the team that people are still like iffy on because no one expected them to be as good as they were early on. Mm-hmm. There was a lot of hype around Miami and I did I didn't buy into the Miami hype, but I was dead wrong about it. They're an incredible team. I'd be terrified if I was any of these teams playing in Miami in a seven game series. And then Utah, I don't want to talk about Utah. So yeah. we know that they're good. Let's see what like you said, let's see what's happening. But what's one of these teams or is it another team that you didn't mention that you think would have the best chance? Mm. I think it's Milwaukee. I think it just mm-hmm. has to be the Bucks for me. Um, not the greatest start so far, but they, I mean, I mean, literally defending champs, right? Giannis, yeah. they have, you know, majority of the returning crew. They start, I mean, I feel like so many of these teams we're going to talk about tonight and so many teams in general have just been banged up to start this season. Um, they've been excellent when they have Drew Holiday, Giannis, and Middleton all playing at the same time all in the same lineup. So, I mean, they have that big three and they're pretty much unstoppable when those three guys are playing and playing at a high level. And then, I mean, we just talked about it. They don't even have their starting center who was a big part of that championship run last year. Hasn't played since the home opener. Maybe they get some good run from Boogie Cousins. Probably not. But I mean, when Brooke comes back, hopefully soon, then they have their full rotation back. Mm -hmm. Uh, They, you know, they, they added some shooting. I, th- I think it's got to be Milwaukee for me. You can't you can't really go against Giannis. Yeah, that's what I mean. I it's hard to it, and they haven't been healthy, like you said, right? Like so, we don't even like this Middleton team could be a handful of games. This team could be totally healthy record, like a sixteen and four, fifteen and five, and we'd have them. We'd be talking about them instead of all these teams or any. I, I think they belong. I think you're right. I think among the three, especially Milwaukee deserves honestly to be in that group, but we just, we need to see it on the court this year. Like we know, we know what they're capable of, know that they've had injuries, all that stuff. It still needs to just, once it's on the court consistently healthy, they're looking good, put, go on a little run, then they can get bumped back in there. But until then, I think this is where they are. But yeah, I think Milwaukee is a good choice. I'm, I'm very interested in how Chicago is going to look in some of these big games. 
um, as they've been figuring it out. Vucevic was awesome last night, had like 30 points against Charlotte. They were just tor- they just torched the Hornets. Not that the Hornets are a great defensive team, but good when, team, the, when they are a good team and when the Bulls are clicking offensively, like they just have so many ways to attack you that I think it's going to cause a lot of problems in the playoffs for some of these teams. But these are also, you talk about Miami, Milwaukee, great defensive teams. The Nets, not so much, but the Nets can score with anybody. All three of those teams, Milwaukee, Miami, and Chicago, are going to give the Nets a big problem if they run into them in the playoff series. I think that's that's the biggest thing. The Nets are definitely the most vulnerable. Um, Let's get into it. Let's get into the Nets here. We've got Knicks at Nets. Tonight, tomorrow, if you're listening to the podcast version, um, the Nets sit at third in our power rankings. The Knicks somewhere down there. They're they're still pretty high up on these rankings, though. Um, t- going into tonight's matchup, Nets are six and a half point favorites over under 216 tip off at 730 on TNT. But we're really going to focus on the Nets here to start. Um, I mean, Dunny, they've looked good to start the season. They're, they've got a good record to start the year. Um, mm-hmm. they've, they've been rolling a little bit more as of lately, honestly, their, their offense hasn't been, or wasn't like, like last year, you, when they were healthy and especially with Harden and, and Durant were on the court together, offense was just on top of everything this year. They're only ninth in points. Um, they're fifth in field goal percentage. So still shooting really well, second and three point percentage. Um, so the offense is starting, they're starting to get the upturn, starting to get what they think they would be getting 14 and six right now. Um, so they're they're rolling along, I feel like it's effortlessly, like they're just winning a lot of these games just because they have so much more talent. Um, but right now, Joe Harris out for the next four to eight weeks. Um, obviously, Kyrie is nowhere to be found and will not be around anytime soon. That he's taking a break, the team's letting him have his space. They could use him a lot right now, though, in some of these games where you see it go stale with Durant and Harden. And Harden especially, I mean, he just looks like he, I don't know if he's still playing himself into shape or, you know, my my guy Trey Edwards of the Athletic NBA show just made a great point. He's like, listen, he he's out. He goes out. He's out in New York. New York nightlife is different. Like he is a wealthy individual in New York city. He's probably living his best life. And I, I don't blame him, whatever you can do what you want. But if that's that there, there might be something to the effects he's having on the basketball court or just with the chemistry of this team, who knows? Um, but I just think there's, it's just been something as good as they've looked. There's been something just hasn't looked right with them all season. Since the beginning of the season, the big rotation is a mess. Blake Griffin's kind of in the doghouse right now. They've been mixing and matching guys night to night. I'm not sure who the starting lineups are for tonight. I'll check that out quick. But, Dunny, are you concerned at all with the, the Nets compared to the, some of the, how deep the East is this year and, and those teams we just kind of talked about? Like, what is your general feeling on the Nets so far at the beginning of this season as, like, a true title contender? Yeah, so – I mean, I feel like the only reason we, I, or at least me personally, have the Nets in this, you know, top three conversation and kind of above everyone else, especially if you compare them to the Bucks, it's really just because they're they're getting it done and they're at the top of the Eastern Conference right now. Like they have the one seed, they have it, you know, by quite quite a few games for relative to how young the season is right now. And yeah, I mean, you you kind of touch on it. If the Bucks had the record, I'd probably have them in here over the Nets. But mm. I think it simply just comes down to the fact that Durant and Harden seem to be 
good enough that they can coast through this Eastern Conference, at least for the time being. Um, I don't know. The, the Nets, to me, just seem really vanilla right now. Like, just yeah. not a lot of talk about them. And I think that's just because there's so much buzz leading into the season about all the Kyrie drama. I think people yeah. maybe exhausted themselves about that. I feel like there's not been too much Steve Nash drama lately, which a lot of people love to talk about before. Now they have the Joe Harris injury. Uh, you mentioned their big rotation is kind of a mess. It's it, it's kind of just weird how they're winning games, you know, not really in a flashy fashion. Harden has definitely not been himself, even though he's nearly averaging a triple-double. I think he's just over 20 points, seven rebounds, and eight assists. So, I mean, he's playing good basketball. But to me, and I don't know if this is going to sound crazy, but I feel like I was more excited – about the Nets roster to start last season before they made the Harden trade than this roster. It's just something something about it, dude. I don't know. I just feel like when Kyrie and KD first teamed up and they still had Jared Allen, they had Karis LeVert, I was like, yeah, this this is like a championship roster. And they for sure have a championship roster right now, but it does not feel like anyone on that roster is determined to win a championship this year. Or I don't know. It just they don't have that championship aura right now. Like, and the Bucks are fresh off a championship, so that's why I think if their record was a little more similar to Brooklyn, we'd be talking about them over the Nets. But the Nets are are finding a way to get it done. I don't know, man. They they for sure are missing Kyrie, but as you mentioned, teams giving them space. They have no timetable for his return. So I don't know. Weird, real weird vibes for me coming from the Brooklyn Nets, and and that's, I guess, the best I can put it right now. <laughs> but are are they an easy? Like I don't know, are they an easy one seed for the East this year? Say say Kyrie doesn't play for the remainder of the season for whatever reason. This group, Harden and Durant, Joe Harris comes back at some point. Are are they an easy one seed or no? I I don't know if I can say that. I'm sitting here still thinking about because if you're if Ky- Kyrie still has to be out in this scenario, right? Because yep. the Harden trade doesn't happen, because then you you're probably signing Spencer Dinwiddie to a nice little extension too. So Dinwiddie, Dinwiddie, yeah. Dinwiddie, a healthy Levert, and I mean the way Jared Allen's been playing alongside Durant and Joe Harris, that's probably the best starting lineup in the league outside of Golden State and and Phoenix maybe like that. I mean the two teams that we're about to talk about in a second. And I think mm-hmm. right now it's probably still the same way, but I do like the like what you're saying. With there's a lot more balance with that lineup. I think the biggest thing is Harden's been so disappointing. I mean, the stats are kind of there, coming back to normal, but you can just he doesn't have the impact on the game. He definitely has lost a step. Either if that's either him being out of shape or just the fact that he's an older guard at this point, but he doesn't have that same burst to the rim. Maybe it's still the maybe it's still the foul calls that are affecting him, and he's not yeah. being as aggressive or aggressive as he used to be, and just he's got to figure out his way. But he just doesn't look comfortable. Um, I mean, they're still both averaging over twenty points a game. Durant looks incredible. Durant's probably, I don't know, second or third in MVP behind behind Curry, who's probably the the head and shoulders favorite at the moment. And um, but Durant's been playing incredible. I think. I saw a stat from Bleacher Report or a graphic the other day that coming into this game or going into last night's or Sunday night's game, whenever they were both at 19 games, or maybe Durant is only at played 19 games so far, but through 19 games, 
Durant and Curry both have the exact same average and same amount of points. Like obviously the same amount wow. of points. They have the same average. They have the exact same point total. We've been talking about how great Curry's been this year. And you hear it about Durant, but I feel like with Durant, the thing that happens with Durant is he's so damn good that people just stop paying attention for a while. It yeah. happened in OKC all the time. It obviously it, it happened, happened a little bit State. last year too. Yeah. Yeah. He's just, it's just effortless. And so this team is not going to get the benefit of the doubt ever being the way that they've been covered this year and just yeah. covered the last two years and everything that's happened with Harden and Kyrie and everything, which is again, it's that's nothing against Durant or anything else. It's just the situation that they're in. Um, I still think the Bucks are the favorite. The, the, your original question is this the the for sure one seed? I think the Bucks are still the favorite. And honestly, I really mm-hmm. I'm taking a full 180 on Miami because I really think Miami will is gonna give a healthy Miami. Like Jimmy Butler needs to be healthy, Bam needs to be healthy, Lowry needs to be healthy, and honestly, Hero and Robinson need to be healthy. Like the Buck, they can't be missing anybody. That that no. fully healthy Heat squad matches up against the fully healthy Nets squad. I think the Nets are going to have a tough time the entire game. So I just don't I, I, I don't so know. I just, the the East is the East is loaded, man. And let's get into this other team because the Knicks the Knicks are right there. They're in the mix. They're at they're 7th in the in the East, I think going into tonight. But just a gaggle of, of teams right there. I mean, you've got them surrounded with your Celtics there are right around there. Um they've got the Sixers at 10 and 10 and who've been missing MB to COVID and all sorts of chaos there. Obviously Charlotte's at 13 and 10, the wizards 13 and eight. So they're in this, this kind of, I guess it's like the 11 seed through the, through the five seed or six seed where everybody's within like a game of each other right now. And the Knicks are in that. I want to give you the biggest stat that I found today. We're doing this research though. And it's, it's pretty simple. Julius Randall year one with the Knicks 2019, 19 points per game last year, Knicks four seed best season they've had in a while. Randall, 24.5 points per game. He was a superstar, obviously MVP candidate, all NBA, all that stuff. This year, 19.2 points per game. I think that that's the biggest thing is Randall is just not playing. Like, this is what we talked about last year. Like, can Randall do it again for another year? It's not a contract year. And and the teams are going to know how his scoring and everything. Is he going to be able to have that impact? So far this year, he hasn't. So is there what else is there that the Knicks can do, like, with this roster right now? Or is it really just Randall needs to get back to his form? Yeah, it needs to be it needs to be one of Randall RJ Barrett which we've yet to see in his career. Obviously Randall's done yeah. it. Um but RJ I mean I I feel like we forget that RJ Barrett was one of those guys coming in with Zion Williamson that both of them were going to, you know, make this huge impact on the league. And I think yeah. Barrett is a, a very good player and he's having one of his best seasons this year, but I mean, he, I, I don't think he's lived up to his draft type um, still. I mean, you know, it, it's been a couple of years now, and he's he's just average. It, mm-hmm. At least that's what it looks like, and that's where you have in your notes here about the Knicks. I think if one of these guys doesn't stand out, and it's probably going to have to be Randall or uh, Barrett, we thought maybe Kemba Walker, and I think Knicks fans thought that Kemba Walker was going to give them a lot more than one than he did already and yeah. now now he's going to be giving them nothing for the foreseeable future he's out of the rotation and you yeah. have a guy like evan fournier who is a certified bucket like i'll give it to him he's a great scorer but outside of that he doesn't really bring much to the table mm-hmm. and then maybe 
you know, but this is probably a few years down the road quickly has this breakout, but I don't know. Um, I think quickly is the quickly is the key to this team this year, I think, because he's yeah. currently he doesn't he hasn't started any games yet this year. He's at 19 minutes a game, but he's shooting 40 percent from the field. He's shooting. Um, he's getting. He's ninety one percent at the line. And so you think with more opportunities on the court, on um, he'll get to the line more. I mean that's great. He does a little bit of everything. He he's he gets some re- get rebounds, gets some assists, but he only is playing nineteen minutes. Burks is at twenty two. Kemba's at twenty four. Derrick Rose at twenty two. All with more minutes than him. And even Evan Fournier. You want to throw another guard wing in there at twenty eight minutes. That's a lot of people just getting time ahead of him. But I think that I think he should start digging into Rose's minutes at least a little bit. Well, I'm wondering why. I mean, they love Rose off the bench, and that's why Burks is going to be starting. But I just I don't know. I would just I would just trust quickly and just let him rock. I know that it doesn't seem like Thibodeau wants to give him the keys yet, like for any reason. No, Um, he's got a lot of vets that can run the play and everything. But it just seems like he has the most upside. You're gonna get probably more mistakes with a young guy like that, but it just seems like he would have the most, the most upside offensively and defensively among these guard, this guard rotation. I mean, Fournier, not a plus defender. Rose, not a plus defender. Walker, not a plus defender. Alec Burks is a decent defender, but I don't think he's anything special. Quickly is huge. He's lengthy. He's shown like that on that side of the ball. Like that's the reason he gets in the games, his energy and everything else. I think that, but the thing is, like, even if he gets all this time, it's like, so what? He bumps up his points to, like, 13 points a game. They don't really have a lot of options on this team to get more scoring besides no. guys just improving. <laughs> and I don't know if that's going to happen that's, with the way that they've looked so far this year. Yeah, and I honestly feel like it's fair to say that I think people were too hyped about the starting lineup that they were going to have this year. I think – so oh, many yeah. people, especially, you know, I I got to see a certain side of this because, look, I liked having Kemba Walker and Evan Fournier on the Celtics. I would have loved if Fournier stayed for a more team-friendly deal, but he wants to go get the bag, and he got it. Um, but I think Knicks fans and even just, you know, basketball media and basketball fans in general were really hyped up about the starting lineup, partially due to the year that Randall had last year. But as you mentioned, he's – significantly underperforming from last season Mm -hmm. and then no one else has stepped up the guy who was supposed to be their star starting point guard is now out of the rotation Mm -hmm. and what are you left with a a mediocre team in the east right now and i'm not saying that they're going to be this all season long but this is they also were kind of in the middle of the east slightly above mediocre last year and that's because they had that emergence of julius randall but if that's not happening I mean, yeah, they could be a tough, you know, a tough series for teams in the playoffs. They for sure could still easily be a playoff team, but I I don't think they're scratching the surface at the top of the East anytime soon. No, I don't think so either, especially with, I mean, the East is deep. I I would say the East is good, not great. Like none of, like there's no elite right. team in the East. The, the Nets have the potential to be an elite team. The Bucks, I think, are the closest thing to it, and they've been a dominant regular season team in the past, but they just haven't shown it this year. I think the Bucks and Nets are the are those two, but really, like, it's a it, Chicago, Miami, Washington, Charlotte, Knicks, Sixers. 
I'm assuming the Cavs will end up falling off, but they're in there right now. The Hawks and Celtics are all within two games of each other right now. Yeah. And you can even and you can even throw the Bulls in there too for two and a half. I think it's gonna be those nine teams, and one of those teams is not gonna make the play in. And that's going to be the musical chairs. But I don't see a lot of separation between those teams. And I, even if there is, it's not the Knicks who are going to climb up ahead. It's going to be one of the Bulls or the Heat. Or even, the, I mean, the Wizards have looked great this year. I'm, I have no reason to believe that they're not going to be able to keep this pace up with the roster. We talked about how deep the, the Nets used to look. That's kind of what the Wizards look like now. Like Be- yeah. Beal is the star. And then they have the Dinwiddie. They've got the Kuz- Kuzma and KCP. Like they have just solid players all around. Harold um, off the bench. Gafford's been great for them. I mean, it's or yeah, and it's it's just it's a it's a log jam, and I don't think that the Knicks have the firepower to kind of swing above their weight this year with the way the Wizards playing, way the Heat playing, way the Hornets are playing. Sixers are going to get better. The Cavs are getting healthy again. The Celtics are starting to figure it out. Like it's it's going to be a war towards the bottom of the playoff um, rankings in the East, and they're all good teams, but they're not great teams. And I think that. I don't think that the Knicks really have the potential for the great team. Let's talk about two great teams as our last thing here on our show tonight, because the best matchup of the season so far, we get three of these in the next couple of weeks, the golden state warriors traveling to talking stick resort arena. Isn't that, or is it Gila river? I think it's talking stick resort. I don't remember. It's some crazy ass name arena name. That is whatever it is. It sounds sounds horrible. Talking stick resort arena. Yep. That's what it is now talking. No, now it is the footprint center. All right. That's better. I don't know what that means, but it's also better than what they're changing. Um, What's it called? Dude. Crypto.com arena <laughs> crypto.com arena that's true nothing can be worse than than crypto yeah it is talking st- stick resort arena whatever that's too many words but yeah, phoenix okay. arizona downtown warrior suns tonight suns minus three uh over under 221 and a half at 10 p.m on tnt so let's start with the golden state warriors um they are i mean we've talked a lot about them the last last week and the last couple weeks they're 18 and two right now. They're still rolling from last week's podcast. Haven't lost. Still, still going. Um, eight straight wins, and we got we heard the news about Clay last week coming back around Christmas Day. Um, Dunny, I'll just open the floor. Just talk about the Warriors and just what has impressed you most about this Warriors, I guess, renaissance this year. Yeah, honestly, what's impressed me most is that. Out of nowhere, especially the uh, coming off the season they had last year, which there's new faces, and you know they bring a guy like Iggy back. They improve shooting, I think, a little bit, but it's really not entirely too different, like drastically different to the point yeah. where we should see something like this. It seems like the way Kerr is acting, Curry is like you know being a little more outspoken and like getting into it with the refs a little bit recently on the court like they they just completely have their swagger back i think everything you know even outside of play on the hardwood like the way kerr is talking the way draymond is you know been outspoken on podcasts it seems like they know how good they're playing this year and that's huge for me because i, I i'm just getting flashbacks to to those teams where they were dominant and it wasn't too long ago. I mean, people shouldn't forget, but you know, the, the OG splash bro days, the days where 
everyone can't shut up about how good Draymond Green is. I mean, Steve Kerr said the other day in a presser that Draymond Draymond's the best defender in basketball. Like, I wonder if Kerr didn't think that for a few years when people thought that oh. Draymond had fallen off. Because, like, now he's just saying that again. Like, I think that's up for debate. But, I mean, he's definitely, in my eyes, back up there. He's playing a lot better than he was last season. Like, I don't know if Draymond's more motivated now or if he did something, but everything just seems to be working for the Warriors and a lot of the things that were not working for them last year. Steph, it just looks – it literally looks like he is just fooling around out there at, at, yeah. at times. Like this guy is literally dribbling up with his head down and just picks a spot and shoots. Like that's, that's Steph Curry's game now. Um, it's mind-boggling. They have Clay returning around Christmas time. What a – what a Christmas gift during the season of giving to get a guy like Clay Thompson back on your team. Very true. Um, just really, really crazy that they're able to do this right now, you know, undermanned and coming off the season they had last year. I'm still stunned, and we're still talking about how good the Warriors are. <laughs> yeah, I don't have a lot to add to that because we talked to them like at length, and you kind of just summed it up perfectly there. It's been – it's just been so crazy to see. And Draymond, I think Draymond, I think you're right. Draymond's more motivated and he is, I don't know what the best defensive player in the league, but he's the yeah, smartest defensive player true. in the league. Yeah. I think, I think, and that helps so much with all the young guys and pieces that they, he, he really the most the vocal defense. too. Yeah. Oh, exactly. Yeah. yeah you, it, you ain't missing an assignment. Draymond, Dre's going to call no. it out. And if you don't get it, like that's on you <laughs> for sure. Um, mm-hmm. I think the emergence of Jordan Poole, he's averaging 18 a game right now. Like, that's kind of yeah. crazy. And it might just be volume because, I mean, let's see what he's doing. Field goal attempts. I mean, he's he's putting up as many shots as Wiggins. He's got the second most shot attempts on the team. But he's shooting 45% from the field. His three-point percentage could be definitely could be better. He's shooting 33% from three. Um, but still 18 points, and he's only shooting 33% from three right now. And there's room for improvement there um he's been outstanding for them and then you just look at guys like i mean damian lee on a night-to-night basis is great off the bench gary payton the second gary payton to gp2 is great off the yes. bench our boy Bielitsa has been good off the bench and then you, you're moved they're starting to put kaminga in, starting to get moody going a little bit and then get, mixing those guys in and here in and out um Iguodala maybe it was just had, I was I was literally just gonna say maybe it was always just Andre Iguodala. The rooms, the locker room definitely has to be a lot. Like he oh, was so important so to that. It's gotta feel. It's gotta just feel normal for all of those guys to be together, right? Like Clay is back around all the time and everything. They see him every day. Iggy was gone for two years, and it was probably weird for all of them to not see him when he was there. And now he's back. Like I just feel like. You were talking about how it was weird, just bad vibes and weird vibes in Brooklyn. It's just all good vibes in Golden yeah, State. Yeah, could not be more opposite. opposite. Yeah. They just seem like they're enjoying basketball so much more. And there was a good, great Steph Curry article um, with uh, – oh, man, it's going to make me mad that I'm going to forget this right now. But the Yahoo Sports writer um, – I'm going to look it up here quick. But there was a great Curry article and just talking about how, how at peace he is this year. Yeah, um, seems like because, it, right? And just like that, the he said that the the bubble was the lowest point of his career, of his basketball career, because he had to sit and watch all those teams, you know, have a chance to make the playoffs without them there, and it really made him stew. And he had obviously they had injury issues and everything going on mm-hmm. then, and then the clay injury, the second clay injury happened shortly after, 
Uh, Chris Haynes. I don't know. I was thinking Howard something. Uh, I knew that yes. wasn't right. Chris Haynes. But he had a good, great interview and just talking about, you know, right here. I mean, just talking about the, the about skepticism around the Warriors, you know, making the finals or this year and everything. It's like, well, why would anybody think that we could? Like Durant, Durant got hurt and left. Clay was out with his Achilles and injured. Our bat, our team looked different. Like everything was, everything was changed. We were doubting ourselves. We everybody was doubting us. Like we we went through. They went through a whole period of struggle. And when a great team, I mean a previously great team, that's usually how you get to being a great team, right? It's like you go through some sort of adversity, whatever. They've done it like mm-hmm. twice now, and they know. And now they have a Curry, an Iguodala, a Draymond, and a Clay on this roster with a bunch of other guys. Who I mean, nobody else on there from those teams, right? From those, I mean, Looney was on those teams, I guess. But the rest of these guys don't know what it's like to be on one of those championship Warriors teams and how valuable it is that these guys have been here before now. And then not even just been here before, but now had it taken away from them in like the worst way possible the last two years. And just knowing like what it takes day to day, like the work you put in on on the practice court, the work you do to take care of your body, your mind, like getting your head right. Like Steph and Draymond are two of the biggest like mental health advocates in the in the league and talking about how they take care of their headspace and everything before games and everything like just all that information must be so valuable to all these guys coming up and after and I just think like going through that adversity again just has given them another gear to get to but also a sense of I don't know just like calmness because they know they've been here before they know the work that they have to do and they're excited to be able to do it again with with the full complement of the, that this team can offer. Yeah, I feel I feel like you just illustrated that perfectly because I was literally just about to say that it must be so easy for younger guys or even just new faces, maybe they're coming in from a different team, not they don't even necessarily have to be new to the league. Like it must be so easy to play with guys and you know, under guys like Steph Curry, Clay Thompson, Iggy, especially, I mean, I feel like Iggy must just be the most calming veteran like presence in the NBA. Like he's been on so many different teams. He's played in big moments for different teams, mm-hmm. you know, and had NBA different championship. Roles with every team, right? Finals MVP, but also was like this immaculate, like crazy bounce, just highlight walking highlight real younger, like when he was younger in his career. And then even Draymond, like who we've seen some guys not get along with him. And, you know, KD and Draymond obviously had their famous beef when they were teammates um, on the Golden State Warriors. But we saw it a little bit last year with Draymond trying to coach Wiseman. I mean, he would go up to him when Wiseman made a mistake and tell him what he can do better. And, you know, he never really got on him too harshly, but just hard enough where we saw some, you know, in-game improvement just from Draymond talking to Wiseman last year. You, you mm-hmm. talked about how much of a vocal defender he is. I mean, you, you just talk about guys coming in to play with them. It's just the perfect situation. And I think that's a reflection of their record this year. I mean, 18-2 and two is bananas. And we talk about how they could not be, you know, more opposite from the Brooklyn Nets. Like, they're seriously polar opposites. The only thing I will say is I'll give the Nets some credit or at least, you know, give them a benefit of the doubt that it, where it is so easy to play with guys like Steph and Clay in this Warriors atmosphere, it must be really tough 
for some of the new faces in Brooklyn or maybe the younger guys in Brooklyn, just with the whole Kyrie situation. I mean, I, you, you, no one has any idea how that affects a locker room. Also Harden mm-hmm. isn't really one of the more outspoken guys. I don't think he's ever been known as a great leader. I don't think he's necessarily a bad one, but I don't think people look at Harden and they're like, Oh, he's this great leader playoff performer type player. Um, so, you know, obviously very different situations, but I think I think we do need to give them be- the benefit of the doubt there that obviously a very unique, tough situation for the Nets. But, you know, Warriors cannot be more opposite. Seems like they just have everything clicking right now. For sure. So let's get – as we wrap up here, let's wrap up with the Suns. We talked about them. I, we've talked about – this podcast I think could have been a Suns podcast last year. Mm-hmm. We were so high on the Suns, and then they just made us proud, like proud parents looking down at them, making the finals getting so close and this year they're just rolling again man like they're really just rolling over what they did last year building on it and coming from being you know a four seed in the west a a contender but maybe not the favorite to they won 16 games in a row they're a game behind this golden state warriors team that we're giving all this praise the warriors won 25 straight a couple years ago the nets the the suns are looking i mean that's it's still nine games away but we haven't seen a streak like that since then like this since then um and so this mm-hmm. is the, the air that they're in um so just what's been your what's been your impression on the suns and do you think that they can keep pace with the warriors uh this year i do think they can keep pace and much of what we just talked about the warriors like all of that and especially because they returned guys from those championship teams like iggy yeah. they have clay coming back draymond's back doing what draymond does i mean the suns legitimately have a solidified the like makings of a championship roster. Like, I feel like that's something that people talk about all the time, especially in basketball. Like, Oh, do they have, you know, this glue guy on their bench? Like that's one of the makings of a championship roster and enforcer, a lockdown defender, you know, the clear star, the clear number one and number two, like the Suns have legitimately all of that and more like they have depth, they have shooting. It's crazy. Like, now I'm trying to think of the team that the Suns played the other night. Oh, it was it was the Knicks, and the Suns handled the Knicks the other night. And Chris Paul, you know, asked what their game plan was for Julius Randle, and he just said to the reporters that Crowder, you know, coach asked Crowder if he thought he could handle the Randle assignment, and he took it, you know, without any questions asked. Like they have a guy like Jay Crowder who, when he was with the Celtics, he was kind of our LeBron guy. He was one of the dudes we threw at LeBron and we felt pretty comfortable that he could at least bother him enough that, you know, he can sometimes take away your number one option. They have that in Crowder. They have this young explosive big in DeAndre Ayton who, you know, they've been even better since he's returned to the lineup. And then, you know, we don't really need an explanation for deep book. He's one of the most dynamic scorers in the league. CP three, one of the best leaders in the league, you know, one of the best guys at getting his teammates involved. And then, as I mentioned, so much depth, so much good three, three point shooters off the bench and in the starting lineup. I mean, they, they have the makings. I, I think they will hang around at the top of the West with golden state all year. I agree. So who you got tonight? Oh, Ooh. I got to go Warriors, man. I, yep. I I just want to keep rolling with Steph and, you know, how much fun they've been having, it seems. Like, I just don't – I don't really – I can't 
fathom to see either of these teams losing the way they're playing uh, yeah, right now. Yeah. <laughs> obviously, have to pick one. I, I think I'm just going to roll with Warriors. <laughs> I think that's just the easier answer right now, but it, it's going to be so tough. I, I really can't wait. And it's better because I'm glad this is the matchup, you know, that we're kind of previewing and talking about because I think it would have been easy to talk about the Nets-Suns matchup that just happened recently, but the Suns handled the Nets pretty easily. And I think that just shows that the the Warriors and Suns are even in a tier by themselves. Like we have the Nets with them right now, but they might even be flying solo or not solo, but the two of these teams might even be a bit above the Nets as well. I I think that I honestly think you're right about that. I think that separation is going to start happening as the year goes on. The Nets, the, the the Warriors know who they are and they're they know their identity. The Suns know who they are, they know their identity. I feel like the rest of these teams, maybe Milwaukee probably is one of the knows their identity, knows what they want to get to. The rest of those teams we talked about, though, the Chicago's, the Miami's, the Utah's. I guess Utah mm-hmm. knows knows what they are and everything too. And it's probably not good enough to to beat the Suns or the Warriors. But uh <laughs> I just feel like Chicago, Miami, like those kind of teams are still trying to finding like who they are, like what their staple is and everything. They're good, but it's not to this level. I think these teams both know exactly who they are. The Suns got no are just rolling over what they did last year. The Warriors are getting back to everything that they, you know, they're accustomed to doing with a new group. I, I'm I'm with you. They also and if hey. I'm going with the Warriors again tonight too, but the best part is they play again in a rematch on Friday night at, uh, from Chase Center, so we can just be right then too. This this podcast, we didn't say which game. I we kept it ambiguous. So oh, I think we might have lost Dunny here. He's frozen. I was free. No, no you're not. I'm oh here, wow, here. dude, you were, was, you were stone face. Oh my. Yeah, God. I, I was reading. <laughs> I was I was getting ready to break some news here actually. Oh um, shit. So, well, 36 minutes ago, Shams tweeted, LeBron James has entered health and safety protocols is an out and is out for tonight. So Tuesday night's game, if you're listening to this later in the week against Sacramento. But then just three minutes ago and two minutes ago, Woj and Shams have updates. Lakers star LeBron James will be sidelined for at least 10 days or unless he returns two negative test results in 24 hours moving forward. And then Woj followed that up from Shams with um, LeBron James, who the Lakers are listing in health and safety protocols, is expected to miss several games. Sources tell ESPN players with positive COVID cases must be out uh, a minimum of 10 days. So, so wait, wait, is it is it any positive COVID case? It's not like it's there's no difference between vaccination and unvaccination in the NBA. I don't know. Right. If that... Yeah, I don't. I don't know if there is, but he didn't specify that here. I I'm almost positive that LeBron James is vaccinated. Me too. Um, but so the reason when you said ten days, because I think the NFL is ten days for unvaccinated players. Right. That ten days just rung in my head, and I was like, oh shit, is this like really breaking news? Like LeBron doesn't have a vaccine, and we're gonna have to go into that. But yeah, I that'd think be that's, crazy. Yeah, <laughs> especially everything he's going through lately. But I mean, you know, Lakers, man. You can read about them in our power rankings that are coming out soon. But, man, talk about some more problems for LeBron James and the Lakers here. He's already already missed some time due to injury. Other players have been missing some serious time on the Lakers and now could be out a minimum of 10 days, you know, if he doesn't return those two negative tests um, in 24 hours moving forward. So... Just that is that is why I was making that stone cold frozen face. <laughs> Dude, I really thought you were frozen. I was like, <laughs> oh my god. 
That is crazy. Like, I'm glad dude, I wasn't. That was That's the first time that people thought I was frozen and I wasn't. So <laughs> I'm <laughs> that it was it was very impressive. I'm not gonna lie. I'm trying to see if we can if we can get I just this is mostly for me, I guess, clarity to see what it is if you get sick, but I'm not seeing anything on here. So um stay tuned on that. I guess we'll find out in the coming minutes here. But uh Interesting, interesting. LeBron James out for several days, a reeling Lakers team who just got him back too, and now he's going to have yeah. to miss it again. It's kind of the year from hell for the Lakers, um, but we'll see what happens, LeBron. Hopefully, hopefully, most importantly, hopefully LeBron is well and healthy. We know that obviously COVID has been deadly, and even the best athletes have had serious effects. Embiid, I mean, talk about how much it took out of him, how much he thought that he was he was super sick couldn't last really. season yeah um i know that there's a bills player Deion dawkins had covid before the season and said that he's had i mean he's still talking about how he's having not up on his conditioning so it's very serious um hope lebron's okay hopefully all is well um yeah wish for the best and we'll see what happens in 10 the next 10 days for the lakers a very yeah. crucial another stretch for the lakers here to try to keep afloat in a competitive west but that's all for tonight we're gonna wrap it up right there um, so go enjoy Knicks Nets 730 in 15 minutes. If you're still watching here with us. And then Suns Warriors tonight. We're happy to preview it along with you guys. Hope that you're all set. Um, for Donovan Holden, this is Jake Micah. Follow us at Happy Hour Hoops 1. Subscribe to the Happy Hour Hoops podcast on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and YouTube. Follow Trainwreck Sports for all your Trainwreck sports needs, Buffalo sports needs, football, basketball, everything. We've got it there this week. Dunny might get kicked out of train wreck sports depending on the uh results of the <laughs> New England Patriots at Buffalo Bills game. Yeah, so we'll see. One. I could have a new co-host next Tuesday night. They might just pull the plug <laughs> on Dunny, he might get locked out of here. Wow. No, I don't think that's good. I wouldn't let that happen. We just we just bounce, we'd be gone. Um, but anyways, enjoy enjoy the week of games, enjoy tonight's games, Friday night two yes. Warriors Suns. If you're listening on Wednesday, in case you missed missed Tuesday nights. You can catch it again Friday, and it'll be at Chase Center, so it's probably – I like – I just love the atmosphere of Warriors games, so that'll be a fun one Friday too. Um, enjoy. Follow us. Have a good night. Hope you enjoyed the show. Stay hydrated, all that good stuff. Later, guys. <laughs>